Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Dragoncast, home of House of the Dragon. Gather your small council, send out your ravens and call in your bannermen. I'm Hand of the King Jamie East, here to guide you through the insane world of Westeros and beyond. It's Monday the 20th of March, it's nearly springtime, no it is springtime, the clocks go forward next week, we're excited, I'm excited, you're excited, I'm Jamie East. And I'm Chris Mandel. And this is Dragoncast. Welcome, welcome. As I'm trying to get, trying to give a bit of zhuzh. We're at season six, episode five of uh, of yeah. Game of Thrones rewatch, and I kind of try not to kind of lull into the mid-season kind mm-hmm. of lull. It felt like, I don't know, how's your week been anyway, before we get into Really good week. Uh, really, really good week. Uh, what, I see what happened. Not a lot, but it was good. It was good. Nice. Um, working on a couple of small stories and... Just, yeah, I feel good at the moment. I feel very sort of like the cobwebs have been blasted nice. out. And yeah, how about you? You know why that is? It's because it's because for like for half an hour last week, we all felt the sun on our face. That's what it is. Yeah. You know, it makes so such a fucking difference. It really does. How's your week been? Uh, good. Busy. It's, um, it's the thousandth episode of the Smart 7 podcast on Thursday Oof. or Friday, which Congratulations. is quite a big milestone, really. There aren't many podcasts that make it to a thousand. Um, we've done it in spite of the listenership. No, we've done it because of the <laughs> listenership. <laughs> it doesn't um, look a day over 900, I have to say. <laughs> no, it's been a, yeah, it's been a, it's been a long one, but, um, but you know, so we, we kind of we did a big survey for that that we're kind of releasing. So it's been busy kind of building up to that. Mm-hmm. What else has been going on? Starting to think about Succession starts on Monday. Yeah, which we're excited about. I so, can't believe that's come around so fast. Really quickly, sudden, hasn't like it? It's just barreled towards us, and yeah, I'm so excited. Are you? Really? Yeah, I am. And but I like it. You know what it feels like. You remember as a kid how long Christmas took to arrive. It was just painful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now as an adult, when no one really buys you that many presents and it's not that exciting and, and you know you know the thing about the guy in the red suit. Um yeah. it's just it just arrives really, really quickly and then just goes really quickly. There's there's none of the magic there. This mm-hmm. is in that sweet spot where you're probably about, I don't know, 14, 15, where life speeds up a little bit and you kind of go, oh my God, is it Christmas next week? And the, yeah. But you've still got all of the good stuff as well. It feels like yeah. that with Succession. I feel like I've really done well to not think about it and kind of drive myself kind of crazy. That's the key, is yeah. to sort of put it away yeah. in a dark recess of your brain. And yeah. then when it comes along again, you're sort of like, oh shit, like this is so exciting. Exactly. I forgot how excited I was about it. And I think it's because streamers have really nailed their scheduling. I, I do think mm. that there's some kind of like, uh, 
like Mason, Mason, Mason's Lodge kind of secret meet. You know, we hear about the meeting between Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk yeah. in the in the lodge that Succession yeah. kind of uh, yeah. satirized. I yeah. think there's one with like schedulers of Disney, of Apple, of Netflix, mm-hmm. of, of all where they go right. So you got Mandalorian. You do Mandalorian, then that doesn't really clash with. Yeah, Slow Horses season two, because they're uh-huh. two separate audiences. Netflix, what are you doing? Oh, we were going to do Lock and Co. That work. Do you mind doing yeah. that next week? Because we've got the, fa- uh, because it just seems to slot in perfectly. I you know what I mean? We, uh, we were watching, um, uh, Fleischman is in Trouble, which is on Disney Plus, which is based on the novel by Taffy Brodess Acne. And that all got dropped at once, but we were yeah. watching it kind of once or maybe twice a week. So like that has been a big, sort of thing early this year for us and then that's finished and it's like oh succession starting and like it just feels like there's a rhythm that yeah. i think is really really sort of pleasing isn't it it's, it is pleasing it's satisfying because you there, satisfying. there's a lot less fomo at the moment yes yeah, 100 there's some stuff where you kind of go that's not my thing um, that's not my bag mm-hmm. I, like, I haven't started watching the Mandal- mandalorian season three yet because my son doesn't like waiting a week bloody kids right um so <laughs> we're waiting for that to kind of like to to build up um but yeah no really enjoyed it it's been a good good week and it does kind of feel like maybe the sun shines on the way and it's quite tragic how much of a difference it makes to your mood is but it really oh. really does lift the spirits doesn't it 100 percent. and i think like there's yeah i haven't actually watched the mandalorian i drive that show um it's not getting great reviews is it this new season no i think it's it's gonna it's gonna suffer from well Okay, we can't just do another Baby Yoda. There's that they've mm. rode, they've ridden two. Well, the first season was basically just about the cuteness of the puppet. Mm-hmm. Second season was um, they had this amazing. They did it really well. The the kind of they bridged a kind of era with young Luke Skywalker, and, yeah. And that was that was great. That was that was done really really well too. Now it's kind of like, well, what do they do with it now? Is it where is this story leading? I think that's one of the inherent problems is when you start off with like a, a side story that kind of relates to X Y Z but doesn't really. Is like you can't keep plugging it into the main canon to yeah. to kind of to pay fan service to it because it it just cheapens it and it, 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 yeah. it, it gets a bit. Also, I think the season two problem though, was they said, look, Luke Skywalker's kind of always, there's always the potential that he'll pop in now. Right. Or that right, it's leading yeah, yeah. up to something. Or, and I think they've locked into this thing now where people expect a big moment like that. And it's like, if it's just, um, just the Mandalorian having a little, uh, you know, going into a new town and yeah. sorting out the bad guys. It, I just don't know. I think it just feels like they don't quite have a plan. And no, exactly. It's just an interesting, if you do TV, you've got to know how many seasons, why you're doing it, where the, you know, it feels exactly. a bit like they're running on fumes. Um, yeah. Which ties us, which is a neat segue into uh, today's Game of, Game of Thrones rewatch. We've, oh we've jumped God, ahead. Yes. Uh, last, last week we did season five, episode 10. Uh, we did. What was it called? Not the Winds of Winter. Mother's, Mother's Mercy. Mercy. Mother's Mercy. Uh, we've leapt through, feel, actually only four episodes, but it feels like a lot more. Uh, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's, I, let's take a breath. Let's give everyone the recap from, uh, you, know, you know where we're going with this. Mm-hmm. Five minute recap with previously on. See you in a sec. We begin with Sansa and Brienne meeting Littlefinger in a town near Castle Black. Littlefinger insists he had no idea what Ramsay was capable of when he arranged his marriage to Sansa. To make amends, he offers Sansa the Knights of the Vale in her fight to take back Winterfell, but she rejects him. 
Before they leave, Littlefinger reveals that Sansa's uncle, Brynden Tully, a.k.a. the Blackfish, has taken over River Run. In Bravos, Jack and Hagar gives Arya a new target, Lady Crane, an actress who's portraying Cersei Lannister in a play about the Seven Kingdoms. Arya watches the play, but she's upset by its depiction of Ned Stark as an idiot and traitor. After watching her target backstage, Arya decides to poison her rum, which pleases Jacken. In a vision, Bran and the Three-Eyed Raven see the children of the forest create the Night King by stabbing a man through the heart with dragonglass. Bran angrily confronts Leaf, who says they had no choice, they were at war with the first men and needed to defend themselves. At the King's Moot in Pike, Yara Greyjoy declares her right to rule the Iron Islands with Theon by her side. At first she wins over the crowd, but her uncle Euron Greyjoy arrives and stakes his own claim. Euron admits to murdering Balon Greyjoy, his brother and Yara and Theon's father, but the Ironborn don't care. Euron says he'll marry Daenerys Targaryen and conquer Westeros with her. The Ironborn choose Euron over Yara as their leader, forcing the brother and sister to flee with some of the Iron Fleet's best ships. In Vase Dothrak, Jorah tells Daenerys he has Greyscale and confesses his love for her. Daenerys tearfully orders Jorah to find a cure for the disease and then return to her side, as he is too important to her to die. A fragile peace has taken hold in Marine since Tyrion's pact with the Masters. Tyrion summons Kinvara, a red priestess, and asks her to spread the word that Daenerys has ended the violence. Kinvara agrees because she believes Daenerys is the prince, or princess, that was promised, aka the Lord of Light's chosen one. That's who Melisandre thought Stannis was. Look how well that turned out. When Varys is openly hostile to her, Kinvara reveals that she knows why Varys was castrated. Beyond the wall, Bran decides to use the Weirwood Tree without the Three-Eyed Raven. Bran then has a vision of the White Walker army, and as he passes the Night King, he grabs Bran's arm. Bran wakes up with the Night King's handprint on his arm. The Three-Eyed Raven tells Bran the Night King now knows where he is, and he'll be able to break the magic spell protecting them and enter the cave. It's now time for Bran to become the Three-Eyed Raven. At Castle Black, Jon, Davos and Sansa discuss potential allies in the fight for Winterfell. Davos tells Jon he needs to give the Northern Lords a reason to join them beyond loyalty to the Starks. Sansa suggests that with Brynden Tully's forces, they could attract the rest of the North and create a formidable army. Sansa sends Brienne to Riverrun to make contact with the Blackfish, while she joins Jon and their advisers on the road. Edison is left in charge of Castle Black. Good luck, Ed. As the Three-Eyed Raven transfers his knowledge to Bran, the White Walkers attack the cave. Bran has a vision of Winterfell and sees a young Hodor, who was then known as Willis and could speak normally. Mira and Hodor try desperately to get Bran out as the children of the forest defend them from the White Walkers. Bran stays in the vision, but also wargs into Hodor, who takes Bran's body outside the cave. The Night King kills the Three-Eyed Raven, and as they escape through the tunnels, Summer and Leaf sacrifice themselves to hold off the Whites. They reach the exit, and Mira tells Hodor to hold the door while they escape. Bran hears Mira's words in the vision, and loses control as he walks into Willis, the young Hodor. Willis has a seizure and starts repeatedly shouting, Hold the door! which eventually slurs into Hodor. Thanks to Bran, Willis witnessed his own death and his brain was irreversibly damaged, turning him into Hodor. And in the present, 
Hodor is torn apart by Whites as he blocks the exit, allowing the others just enough time to escape. Good night, sweet prince. Ah, thanks very much, Jamie. He's what a voice. He should be on. He should. He should do like Honda adverts or something. A voice like caramel, I think. Caramel dripping on your tongue. Lovely, oh. lovely. Um, so yeah, like I said before, that only jumped ahead four episodes. Yet, so much has happened. Mm-hmm. Jon Snow. We last left. Last thing we saw was Jon Snow bleeding out in the snow. Obviously, he came back to life in episode two. The other. I think it was called The Others yeah. or something like that. I think um, it was Home. Episode two is called Home. Oh, Home. And then, yeah. So what else has happened? Um, okay. So Daenerys was kidnapped and has That's been right. rescued Yeah. in very quick succession. Arya was blind, but now she can see. That's um, a, I'm sure it's a lyric from an Adele song. Yeah. I was blind, now <laughs> I can see. What? I guess that, that is a lyric from a song. It's a hymn. I was blind, it? now I can see. Yeah. It um and Theon has Theon has gone back to Pike. To Yara. I don't remember why, but he has. And Well it was to was it not to um it was uh, moving on up by Primal Scream. I was blind, now I can see you made a meal out of me. There you go, that's Arya's uh, sorry, carry on. This is, yeah, didn't um, wasn't didn't Theon go to kind of try and solidify the 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 Ironborn, the Greyjoys, to bring them back into the Sansa fold? I, I can't really remember. I think that's the sort of loose logic, but like they are the family that like the, the, the Greyjoys came and just ransacked Winterfell. They've always been schemers. I, I feel like maybe Theon says. I need to go back to my family or something. Yeah. I think it's more like I owe it to her. I've let the family down. It must be something like that because I can't, I just thought, yeah, they just need to get him out of the way. We'll get into all the separate storylines, but the Greyjoy one for me, I just really struggled to care about it. But generally I thought it was a really, really good episode. It was really, um, the thing that I already thought with season six is that it's quite lean. Like they're not, they're not, it's not oversaturated by like, We've got to check in with everybody. It felt like they knew what to include and what to leave out. And I mm. feel like it just is quite pleasing to watch. It feels like everything's moving at quite a nice pace. Yeah. it. it you're right. Because there was no, nothing was really rushed. And, mm. and yet I think we had most people in it. We didn't have any King's Landing stuff in. That was, no. that's right. But, but aside from King's Landing, we covered a lot. Now, King's Landing is all that's because over in King's Landing right now they're preparing for uh Cersei's trial. Yeah. Yeah. Um and we obviously know what Cersei's planning for as well. Um let's let's go back to the start then. Uh oh, yeah. sh- should we tell people we've got a secret person coming on? Yeah, we should. We should. Listeners, we've got a secret person joining the chat in about half an hour's time. It's very exciting. Relevant. Relevant to your interests. Yeah. Um, so, started off with Sansa sewing, uh, making Johnny's new cloak. 
as you do. So yeah. glad, yeah. glad to see she's broken free of the patriarchy. And, I love that um, they have a sewing kit at, at Castle Black. With a lovely little, imbo- you know, little Stark know. sigil to emboss into leather. That was a like, little leather stamp. That oh. would be, yeah. She, she got that off Etsy. They're everywhere on Etsy. She <laughs> got a raven to drop it off, yeah. <laughs> um, wasn't there something poignant about Sansa being a seamstress or is it just just like a thread that we she started off like didn't didn't like Ned and Catelyn kind of like oh she's such a good like she's great great at sewing or something that was like yeah her, that was her kind of like designated kind of like role in the Stark family wasn't it yeah and and Arya she sort of named her sword needle ironically because it was long and thin and That's girls right. weren't and it was like her needle girls so weren't supposed to sew yeah yeah gotcha. and there is that a thing that maybe was last season or this season where she said sansa starts wearing a lot of quite ugly jewelry and yeah. you know she has that chain that kind of goes in a loop and down and i remember the someone on the show said in some featurette like oh this is her like needle you know it's like all very it's quite God. heavy-handed but yeah. yeah so she's she's kind of keeping herself busy so she's escaped winterfell with theon yeah uh, met up with ankles Brienne. intact yeah yeah got to castle black theon has gone down to pike brienne is kind of her um she's been accepted into sansa's service um which is nice because it mirrors catelyn doing the same brienne's fulfilled her sort of promise initially to look after the starks yeah and yeah, Santa gets a letter from Littlefinger, who is in Molestown, which is the little village near the wall, which is full of like sex workers and yeah. not much else. Um, yes, and yeah, we're reminded that Littlefinger exists as well. I can't remember the last time we met Littlefinger in this rewatch. It was He's certain- been absent for a while. Yeah, him and Bran, we um, have been kind of gone for a long time. Um, where has he been? He made Sansa go to marry Ramsay. Yeah. He then went down to King's Landing and said to Cersei, like, oh my God, she's married Ramsay. Uh, wasn't me. I wasn't involved. But then he was like, if you let me retake Winterfell from the Boltons and name me Warden of the North, I want to marry Sansa. I think that's right. his plan. Okay. So yeah, he's yeah. Play- he is playing that everyone. That was it. That was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and at the Eyrie, I think, I can't remember what's going on there, but... It was a great scene between... Uh, Sansa and Littlefinger. Yeah. I must say, the writing in this in this episode was absolutely fucking brilliant. Like yeah. really, really good. Like not not just the actual words, but just the the, the plotting, and especially when we mm-hmm. get down to the door later on. You know, just just yeah, just really, really nice. And the scene between Sansa and Littlefinger was just great. Great performance from um, Sansa Sophie. from Sophie Turner. Um, and Aiden is just what a fucking actor. He's just so, yeah, he's amazing. He's just it so all feels good. like it all feels grounded in like every character has a viewpoint yeah. and they all think they're right and they're all trying to sort of yeah. uh, justify their actions. And I think it's superb. This is the season where there are bits that I've been in the books, but this is the one that's off piece. This is the right. one that is like, and I think you can really tell because they're not having to sort of go. Well, we need to do this. Yeah, it's just it's like, well, let's book. see where and this just, leaves. leaves yeah, us, yeah, and it's just it just feels, I think, to your point, like the writing, it's very like, what would these characters do if they were put in a room together? Yeah. That feels like the basis for a lot of these scenes, mm. and that's why they work. And I thought, yeah, we've been wanting Sansa to like let rip and tear a piece off Littlefinger. Brienne is amazing when yes. she's like, 
the lady asked you a question. Yeah, just, just a subtle grip of, uh, of Oathkeeper. Yeah. But there's also just a great amount of development. He's right. He goes, your uncle has snuck back into River Run, is doing a siege. He's got a huge army. They'll fight for you, but they won't fight for John. Mm. And she starts to develop her own agency, which is like, okay, I need... I want Winterfell. I don't want John to take it. And yeah. so she starts to think about having her own pieces on the board. And I think it's really, really exciting yeah, um, to watch it all kind of fall apart, especially because she doesn't tell John how she knows about Littlefinger's, uh, about the information. Yeah, about. so so take me through that. Because if, if, if like me, you didn't have time to watch one, two, three, mm. or four. Uh, Brienne said to Sansa at the end of that, why didn't you tell uh, Littlefinger? Why did you lie about River Run? Can you just remind everybody what that lie was? So I love when, how I just treat you like my own wiki. Yeah, friends. yeah, no. Fine. So when they're having a, a sort of war meeting at Castle Black, it's Davos, um, Brienne, Sansa, John, and sort of are trying to figure out how they could retake Winterfell. And a lot of the big families in the North are have pledged to the Boltons, like the Karstarks and the Umbers. But there are some houses that are much smaller, like the Mormonts, um, that they think if they can get to all the small houses, they might be able to pull together enough men. Yeah. And Sansa points out that even though River Run is not in the North, it is sort of like the Midlands. Um, Kate Catelyn is was part of the Tullys, and so they're quite loyal to you know the daughter of Catelyn Stark. Yeah, and she says, you know, if we get Uncle Brynden, if we send someone to like parlay with him, we might be able to get them on our side. And then we've got people coming in from the south, which is going to help us trap the Boltons. Yeah, and they ask why she knows that, and she says, oh, I saw it. Uh, Ramsay sent a letter at Winterfell, so she doesn't want to know. She doesn't want them to know that she met Littlefinger in secret gotcha. because she sort of rode off to Molestown herself ah, yes. and she doesn't trust John with that information because she thinks I imagine that John will want to kill Littlefinger or yeah. arrest him or you kind know, of, yeah. maybe even John, just well, John will want to do the admirable kind of like moral thing and she's she's already starting to prove herself a little bit actually that when he's played a long game knows, here yeah she knows that the, the Blackfish and the Tullys won't support John Right. He is a bastard. Yeah. He's Ned's bastard. He's no relation to Catelyn. He's also technically the Lord Commander of the Night Watch. Yeah. It's just too many unknowns, whereas she's yeah. got a strong claim. And then And I think yes. it's just a real yeah, it's it's complicated. And I think gotcha. it's a very compelling um and it was just good. I think that scene where like Davos and Brienne and Sansa and John, um really just great, you know. Yeah. Davos is great. He says to Sansa, look, I might not know the law, the North, but I know that men do not want their family getting slaughtered, skinned alive, killed, if they can avoid it. Yeah. It's not, we have to be smart about this. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, and Melisandre's still there as well, sat in the background. Just, yeah, just she, she was in that scene, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, she was sat of... there at the table, weirdly. Mm. She's, I guess like she's bought herself some time. Uh, well, not from Davos, I wouldn't imagine, but bought herself some time mainly for bringing John back to life, but yeah. Yeah, and even Brienne said, you know, her and Stannis are, like, not to be trusted, mm. but it's her that brought back John, so yeah. there's an element of, like, well... well why did she do know. that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then we jump off to Bravos. Uh Great, great... Oh. Love this Love this whole bit. It was just, it was just beautiful. That, so good. They do plays so well. I mean, like theatre in in Game of Thrones, 
whether it's at Joffrey's wedding, whether, you know, wh- whatever it is, these, I love these little tourneys, these little kind of like events that they have. On yeah. Yeah. Because they really go to tell, like you can tell that the production designers and the set designers and the art department just really, Oh, fucking great. We can make this guy kind, yeah. of, kind of look a bit like Tyrion. And it's like, love- I love how um, warped all the, they don't quite look right. It's almost like, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the people that draw caricatures in like Covent Garden. Yeah, spit and like image puppets kind of. Yeah, they're always slightly skewed. Yeah. Because they might not, you know, they, they wouldn't know what Ned Stark looks like. Exactly. Any of these people. So it's all a bit funhouse mirror. And, it's also, and I think you're right. I think, sorry, go on. No, I was going to say directly, you know, Marvel nicked this idea for a lot of, the, in, there are scenes Thor, in like Thor, Thor 3. Where yeah, they have like yeah, Matt yeah. Damon playing uh, Loki exactly, and exactly. stuff like that. It's all a direct lift from this, yeah. It's really clever. And I think there is one in House of the Dragon, but I don't think it was as effective because it was so, it was so like, it was really dark. And I remember feeling at the time, like we hadn't had enough time with these characters to get to parody them. Whereas this yeah, point, yeah, yeah, yeah. season six, it's like, they're telling it wrong. And the, the joy is to sort of pick up on the things they get wrong. Yeah, and exactly. the details. Yeah. And also just this idea that this far across the ocean, like, none of them really care. They're all the laughing stock. Like Ned, who is really moral and a, a good man, yeah. is seen as like a northern, a f- like northern buffoon. Yeah. As most, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, wonderful. And they also just, they also play it that like, um, Tyrion's the one that wanted Ned to get executed. Well, that was it. it. That's Joffrey what I, was this is like, and, and this is, this is pretty true to historical fact is, is, is how these mm. it's, it's propaganda. And it's, 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 yeah. it's, this is like the, this is the equivalent of the sun being sold on the street corner of, uh, you know, yeah. Yeah. You know, whereby this would have been written, this play would probably have been written by someone under the decree of Cersei, which mm-hmm. would have then been the scripts and the, the, the traveling circus and theater groups would have then just like branched out from that. You know, it's like something being played at the national and then going to do a local yeah. tour. It's exactly yeah. that. So it's, it's, it's really cleverly done. I love it. And also, even if like, you know, no matter it, they, they only know what they see, which is Joffrey's dead, Ned's dead, Tyrion's sort exactly. of escaped. So Everything's like, well, malleable. Done it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's really, it's really effective. I think the costumes look incredible. Like Robert's, guts yeah just being, oh, yeah exactly like that just, red socks filled with paper you know they sort it was, of it's really good it and i actually just love that um these characters like lady crane they're in an, a few episodes i think they're in two or three episodes or maybe just one more but it's really great i think aria's just i love how she looks different she dressed as like a bravosi yeah yeah girl. she's really get, get stuck into um it. and is and this is this how print is this how william and harry watch the crown do you think Did, like they start off yeah, smiling yeah. at the beginning kind of like, and it's like oh no 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 that's not that's right not no, 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 i was oh god oh no they think my dad's a buffoon you know yeah <laughs> like, yeah exactly exactly it's really fun and um she's told she has to kill lady crane um that's the someone has paid the house of black and white to do it she doesn't really want to do it she seems like i think she comes to sympathize with her that you know well, i think this is the turning point for aria really in the back of her mind why she never really ever fully becomes no one because she's yeah. just kind of like as i i wrote down it's just like 
this fucking religion's a load of bullshit. You know, I mean, yeah. You know, and Jack it's in the Hagar made a good point where he was just like, does death only come for the wicked? Um, which is true. No, death doesn't, <laughs> death comes for everyone. And that's, that's, that's what we, you know, that's everyone's cross to bear. But yeah, yeah. This isn't, this isn't the same thing, Jack. And someone clearly, yeah. the actress that wants to become famous has paid you to off the thing. There's no moral, you can't take yeah. the moral high ground on, on, on here. And I think Ari yeah, is just yeah. kind of like, well, okay, but that's bullshit, mate, you know? And also she was like, I, I might be, I want to be a killing machine, but I, I can justify why I'm killing these people yeah. on my list. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, these yeah. feel like, yeah, there's a bit of a propaganda bent to it, which is like, I don't really know if I agree with, these people haven't harmed me personally. And it's that personal connection to the deaths that sort of powers her. So the idea of doing it like no context murders just seems to not really like register with her. Yeah. Um, and I was looking actually this morning on, um, you know, because we were talking a bit about, I think in the last episode, um, how, how it works with the masks and stuff. Yes, that's and right. There was a little bit of explanation. I was reading up about there? it and there's, there's, there's some stuff on the... Um, like the wiki of ice and fire, which is the sort of book Wikipedia that what they do is they, cause you know, they're always washing the bodies and preparing the bodies of the dead. And they basically cure the skin of the faces. Right. Into like this porcelain like you would, kind of like, like sort of like face leather, you know, they sort of cure it. And then what they do is they cut their own face and the blood helps seal it onto their face, which is how it, looks so seamless wow. and there's obviously a little bit of magic involved as well and it's all a bit you wow. know okay. but so even they use if it you like have a, like, yeah, okay. like even if you have yeah yeah but even if the person has crooked teeth or a missing you know ear or whatever because of the magic and because of the there's a lot of belief involved i think it is able to you can you can sort of embody that and and it's it's really interesting it's just See, it, whenever it's a, i you know, Whenever I watch it, I just I just think of that woman with the chimpanzee face. That's yeah. all right. <laughs> yeah. I know it's not the same thing, but that took doctors sixteen hours. <laughs> yeah, awful. It's really I think it's, I think all of this house of black and white stuff. I am so much more. I'm enjoying it so much more this yeah. time around. I Maybe that's because we're I've only felt- getting it in short hits. Yeah. You know, I think that there were there were certain things throughout this episode where i was just like what's going oh yeah okay well that's quite yeah i like this now Mm. but then but then i can remember at the time and i think maybe it was jorah it was probably jorah and danny bit it's just like oh for fuck's sake mate would you just stop being such a wet twat yeah just like because it was like five ten minutes every single week and it just wound me up and i'm just like no wonder she fucking no wonder she friend zones him he's the most tragic he's so tragic yeah I think also, yeah, I think the stuff with Arya going blind, it was sort of like she only, she goes blind just so that she can have it restored. And I think I'm glad we missed out on that because I'm yeah. not that interested. But I think um, also the storyline, again, it's written for the show. It's written for where, she, you know, what they want to do with her, which is culminating in her leaving at the end of this season. So I just think with fresh eyes, it's like, this is just a good, this is good storytelling. Yeah. And well, they need to build her into this, into this hardened, slightly slightly um indoctrinated assassin figure mm. who's 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 slightly aloof to the whole stark stark kind of like way of life and and because mm-hmm. because ultimately they know i think and and this is a question i guess is that it's like at this point now they must have 
A, known that they were going to end it in season eight. I think so. And also will have known um, where they want everyone to end up. So, yeah. so you yeah. know, there was no, like we say, we left season five, the books ended. Now is when the writers, rightly or wrongly, and we're not going to enter that debate yet, um, <laughs> kind of decided, right, okay, well, this is where we want John to ultimately end up. This is where we want Arya to end up. That person's mm-hmm. not going to make it. This one's going to make it, blah, 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 blah. And so and you, you look at all of this and you can see a lot of that starting to happen, you know, especially with Bran, who just... You know, God, my God, he wound me up this episode. But um, and with with Yara yeah. and with Theon, you know, and Euron as well, which we which we can talk about. Shout out! To, I'd completely forgotten that um, Richard E. Grant was in this. I completely forgot. I and completely forgot. He's I was like, my so God, that guy, said, that guy with the northern accent sounds like Richard E. Looks like Richard. Oh my God, it is. Oh shit, of course it's Richard E. Grant. Kevin Eldon played Ned Stark. I know. Who was like, oh, I, I love him well. so much. And if you, if you, if you don't know Kevin Eldon, please, please go and watch the episode of I'm Alan Partridge, where he plays uh, a massive racist with an annoying laugh, so so well. <laughs> He's really good in uh, Nighty Night as oh, well. He's just, he a, he's just got such a Rowan Atkinson style face. Hasn't it? Yeah, just, yeah, 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 yeah. Richard E. Grant, though, just absolute like dynamite. Like you know, I remember he was cast, and everyone was like, "Who's he going to play?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just like, "Oh, he's going to play." Like, he's playing campy, himself, <laughs> yeah. a campy theatre darling in Bravos. Yeah. So you're like, because okay, of course he is. Yeah, brilliant. exactly. Brilliant. Um, uh, great, and uh, and the actress, the young actress. Is, Fucking! Could they not cast Cheryl Cole? She'd have done it for twenty quid. Yeah, she look, just looked like Cheryl. Ah, uh, Cheryl. She either she reminded me of that Phoebe Denver from Bridgerton. She had a sort of touch oh, of that yeah. about her, you know. Um, but yeah, I think that's all really, really exciting and um, yeah. and a really big cock that. shot as well. Big flaccid floppy yeah, cock shot. So my question is: I think we've talked about floppy cocks on this podcast more than once. I would imagine so. That won't be the actors. That'll be a, the close-up will be a someone else, right? I don't know. I guess it depends. I, I think this was probably just about pre-intimacy coordinator. Uh, I also think it looked a bit fake. But I um, didn't pause to look in or anything. I mean, it just looked like a a bit of a regular gnarled up cock to me. But I don't yeah. know. I, who knows? I mean, well, maybe we can ask the actor. Maybe we'll find out. Yeah, but I, I, I think it was pre-intimacy co- intimacy coordinators because there was a gratuitous mm-hmm. tit shot just after that as well. Which yeah, was like, oh, yeah, for, yeah, for no reason that woman's got her breasts out. Um, sure, but um, <laughs> but you know, but I love the fact they were just like, I, right, we've got to address the criticism of female nudity. Right, let's just have yeah. a close up of a massive cock and balls now. Just to, that was shut also, up. I'm, I'm a- Am I right in saying like, it had absolutely no bearing on the storyline? It was just, no, it was just like I an opening set. My... Oh my God, I've got water. They'll be there for years. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, fine. I'm saying, All this magic yeah. and you can get rid of grayscale. You can't ice off a genital wart. Come on. I know. And then we jump to obviously the greatest storyline of the whole of the Game of Thrones, which is Three-Eyed Raven, Night King, uh, yeah. War, which, as we now know, leads towards uh, 
a spectacular episode finale. But we learned, we saw the shot of the um, children of the forest uh, creating the Night King. Yeah, creating. Which, yeah, the, the, I don't know if I understood at the time the significance of all of that because it was told. I wasn't a big fan of the children of the forest either as like characters or even the way they were kind of portrayed or performed. Really, they felt a bit kind yeah. of like a bit hobbity, a bit Lord of the Rings kind of. Yeah, like, oh, and it's also speak like to the wise tree people. It's just like, hmm. and it's a bit like, I'm sorry, guys, why didn't you tell me any of this? Did you not think this was relevant to just yeah. tell us? Like, oh, by the way, we are the reason. They're being terrorized. I'd, be, I'd have been more like, interested in, yeah, I'd have been more interested. What was missing there was maybe it was cut, maybe it was written and not put in. Was was them explaining to the viewer why? why? Yes, they could create the Night King. They, then they kind of explained that to protect us from men. But then, why can't you stop him? If you, you know, you've got to explain yeah. that as well. Why is that magic? Why did that magic overpower you and and become? You know, it's a couple of lines. I think of, it's, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because that, I think this is the one area, even in season six, where they're a bit like, we don't know. Just, we can't explain yeah, it. Can we, we just, this it. was George's problem. And, and I think, and I, when I was watching, I was like, yeah, this is the kind of thing you, you kind of like, you write, you think I'll come back to yeah. that and, yeah. and never yeah. do. And then someone's like, but why did the Night King blah blah blah? And you go, oh fuck! I I, did, I really did. I just kind of wrote it down really quickly and never really yeah. thought about that bit. Yeah, and also it's like, how does it work? Like you know, how does it? Because it didn't even exactly. look like obsidian that they used. It didn't look like dragon glass. It just looked like regular fucking. Children. And it, yeah, it must have been because that. But then it's like that created them and it kills them, which I sort of fail safe switch kind of thing. Like yeah. you know. Yeah, but then it's like, um, do they can can they tell him? Could they tell them what him what to do? Was it a bit like a you know like is it like can they? But that's pro- what I mean. What was the point? It seemed like a stupid thing to do if you were just kind of like it's a bit like it's introducing an invasive species into your garden. To, to it is to, yeah that kind yeah. of thing. It's like oh sh- yeah. shit! If I plant this Japanese knotweed here, that's really going to get that will get rid of the mint. That's like taking over the, the vegetable like, patch. It's like, oh yeah. shit! I, now I can't sell my house. You know. Yeah, it's like what's the ones with? Uh, is it mongi, mongoose, and snakes? Where yes. you get mongoose? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then you're like, oh my god, I've got too many mongooses now. So I'm gonna yeah. have to get. And you end up like with, with 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 like sixty horses living there outside. Yeah, house to a kill pack the of wolves. Foxes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, is it is a confusing thing, and I think also you know we haven't watched any of obviously Bran yet with his new sort of learning to ha- how to use his powers. But I think it is worth just jumping back to what I remember from this season is that he's wants to go and explore everything. Mm-hmm. And the three eyed crow is like, you've got to pace yourself. You've got to pace yourself. You yeah, can't yeah. learn everything yet. So when he realizes that the three eyed, what did I call it? Is it three eyed raven? I'm going to get told off. Three eyed raven. Yeah. Yeah. He's asleep or I don't know, dr- remembering his last uh, long haul vacation he went on yeah. while he's asleep or something. Bran throws the stone, doesn't respond. He's like, right, I'm going to go wandering. And instead of just wandering in like specific memories, which is what um, Three Eyed Raven was doing with him, he was yeah. showing him. I think he was trying to show him how John is actually Liana and Rhaegar's yes. son. Right, yeah, that's yeah. what my could have just told. Could have just told him. Literally, could have just said. By the way. Pen yeah. and paper, here's what you need to know. <laughs> yeah. But Bran doesn't really know how to use the roots and the warging into the trees, so he yeah. ends up just going straight outside, present day, 
gets caught and then it and then it just fucks everything oh, so it's happens, it, it yeah. all happens in a bit of a rush but um it is i mean it's like i mean i i still have so many questions about why the night king we know the night king wants to kill, kill bran at the end right well i've written that i can't remember so why does he want to kill the so he just wants to kill the three-eyed raven but for again yes again yes. this this brings us back to the children the forest creating the night king it's never really that fleshed out why the night king has such a fucking hard on f- for anyone it's like yeah yeah, yeah he's like bad and he wants to take yeah rah, i want evil to reign over the world forever yeah which is like just, such a boring trope and, and, and it's such a shame that is it you know he just wants to get rid of the three-eyed raven because the three-eyed raven knows stuff and, yeah, and that seems like that, such a shite reason to take over the world it's just like, and, yeah. kind of, and I just think a bit of a lazy one as well, because George R. R. Martin is so good at creating reasons and yeah. twists and plot lines. And I just yeah. feel like this, the main plot line for the whole of Game of Thrones is probably its weakest plot line. It's just like, I oh, he so just too, wants yeah. to take over the world because the Three-Eyed Raven knows things and knowledge is power. Yeah. It's just like, it's- well, that's so... It wants to wipe out humanity, and the best way to do that is to get rid of the three-eyed raven who knows everything. Who's Wikipedia, yeah. And it's like, it it makes so much more sense as an abstract thing, because winter is coming, Yeah, is like, it, you know, there's climate change analogies. Yeah. The win- Some of the winters and the one that is about to happen on the show, which yeah. the show sort of says, like, winter's about to start, and then it sort of doesn't. But anyway, yeah. this winter is supposed to last, like, a generation. Like, it's supposed to, like, what, you know... But then when it's like embodied in these actual ice men, you're like, oh, but actually you're actually quite easy to kill and you don't speak and you have no feelings. And it is, as you said, there's just not a lot of the humans on this show. And the it's baddie. It's the same so baddie exciting. problem that most shows have. It's just like, how do you every solve Marvel character? How do you right? solve the baddie Marvel who's movie. just like an egotistic, an egotistic um, kind of like crazy person? Anyway, listen, so, we'll, we'll come on to the we'll come on to like the door stuff. Uh, but before we do. Uh, because we'll probably talk about that with our special guest, I would imagine. Um, yeah. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk about Euron Greyjoy. Uh, yeah. Uh, so don't go anywhere. Here's a quick word from our sponsors. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Uh, welcome back, Dragoncast. Uh, me, Jamie East, and... Me, Chris Mandel. Here we are talking about Season 6, Episode 5, The Door of Game of Thrones. Uh, we'll come to The Door uh, very, very shortly. Um, but we, we we first of all went to the Iron Islands and saw the rebirth of, um, of Euron Greyjoy. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, I can remember being quite excited that Pilau was joining because I loved him in Borgen. Uh-huh. Um and his character has not aged well for me um, at all. If uh, He's in the books, right? 
Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, yeah. As a, like a really evil bastard, which, is, which most people are in the books, let's be frank. Yeah. But, but again, suffered from twirly moustache, Terry Thomas baddie kind of syndrome here a bit. It didn't get any better either. You know, the whole, no, like, my doesn't. big cock, I'm going to go, go over to Daenerys with my big cock. And, you know, it's just, uh, okay. I think it's just a very, um, it's just not compelling. Uh, is it really? But no. I think, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's in the books. This is a storyline in the books, but they've, they've done it much later. It's in the fourth books as well. All the stuff is happening in Dawn. They obviously couldn't do it, uh, concurrent with how it happens so they've sort of moved it into season six but you know we just know i mean it just feels like we just know it doesn't really go anywhere yeah right that's kind of what i find hard to yes i deal think with so with this is it's just boring i think the gray joys are boring right yeah that's fair, that's a fair point and i think you know it made me miss the uh the sea snakes i was watching mm. this thinking mike has the dragon the really got snakes the sand no the sea snakes from house the dragon oh sorry i beg your pardon so yeah. i was just kind of like uh, they really nailed the kind of naval fleet kind of like the the, the power you really felt the power mm. of the, mm. the, the the ships had and you never really got that from game of thrones because no the ships were just like and then and, and case in point you know euron's kind of like he was reborn kind of like came back to life and he was like build me a thousand ships cut down every tree and it's like to 20 people it's just like who, yeah <laughs> It's like they must also, be thinking, how much are we getting overtime or what? You know. Well, yeah, I found that really annoying because it's like, I'm sorry, do you have any like, do you have any idea how big a ship is? Well, so you saw in the distance at least what 150 ships going off into the distance, and it's yeah. like, it's like, never mind, we'll build more. And it's just like, well, how long does that? How long would that take? It must in- take ages. And the other thing is, um, like, also you've not even got enough people to put on them. So what's the point? Yeah, you've got to build the ships. The women have got to sew like, the sails and then actually get and then on the ships we're gonna get, as well. He wants to get Daenerys and bring her over. So he's like, what, you're going to have like three people per ship? Mm. Like, honestly, like it's one of those things where... And I know we shouldn't get bogged would... down in stuff like that. We're supposed to just go along with it. But it's when you're, when you're that invested in a show and, it's, and, it's, and it prides itself think, on yeah. realism in other areas and war manoeuvring and tactical yeah, things yeah. based on the War of the Roses and blah, 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 blah. You can't then just go, well, 20 people are going to build a fleet of ships out of trees and fucking cotton. And as long as everyone's wife makes a few sales, what I would have done, and it's, you know, maybe just easy to say this on the, on the sidelines, he's travelled the world, right? Yeah. They've been having... So what I think you do is they vote for Yara. In the distance, a huge fucking fleet of ships come in. Euron has travelled the world. He's amassed 100,000 ships. He's a sea Theon and Yara yeah, exactly. run yeah. for their fucking lives and you've got them. Rather yeah. than go, okay, let's all get our nails. Let's get our sanding paper down. It's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. but you know, it's just weird. But yeah, he also, they sort of make it very explicit that he sort of admits to killing Balon Greyjoy. So I think we see this in season six, but Balon, you know, in Pike is all these tall spires and they've mm. got these rope bridges and he literally gets blown off one of them right yeah, yeah, yeah in the book and then i think on the show maybe he gets pushed off by someone and euron admits that he does it um obviously melisandre when she burnt those three leeches one was for balon one was for rob one was for joffrey so they have all died yeah does fulfill that a bit um but yeah i really struggle with him in the books there are there are three brothers uh 
Victarion and Balon, and then there's Euron. So there's the four of them, right? And they're all yeah. kind of different. Like one of them is really religious. Um, Euron and Victarion are sort of the most similar, but like I think Victarion is the one who wants to go and marry Daenerys. But one of them is like sort of criminally insane. He's like if the Joker was like had a pirate ship. But I just right, I okay. find it very hard. I think you know I think they write to condense it slightly. Um, yeah. I think they're right to condense it. But, but was it I needed think... at all? You know, if they can leave out Lady Stoneheart, why why I know. Why bend over backwards to 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 do this? Well, especially cuz he yeah, I mean it's yeah, it's a confusing storyline. I think it's just it's just complicated and well, I don't I don't what, love it. You know what you know what you know what we've got the benefit of doing? Just going, mm. you know what? Don't want to talk about that. So we're not going to talk about it. You know what we are going to do? I mean, we, yeah. could, we are going to introduce someone now. We're very excited. Uh, it's not often we get uh, a Thrones alumni in. We've had Ian Beatty. We've had a couple of people. And mm-hmm. this gentleman, I mean, it's Hodor, for goodness sake, but it is not Christian Narn. We are delighted to welcome to uh, to Dragoncast uh, none other than young Hodor himself. It's Sam Coleman. Sam, how the devil are you, mate? Hey, I am great. How are you guys? I'm good. We're oh good. my god, what a what a great microphone! What a good setup you've got as well. Look at that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You know what? What good casting as well, because you are looking more like Christian as time as time moves on. You're looking fantastic. What a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> um, no, no face uh, tattoos though. No face tattoos. No, no I, I I saw the uh, the hours that Christian has to go for every morning when he was on set. To cover those up and <laughs> well, his mum warned him. Said, "Don't you get those things put on your fucking face, mate." Yeah, him and Post Malone—they have a nightmare. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Sam, welcome to Dragoncast. Um, really, really pleased and, and really chuffed to have you on here um, because, it, that, without a doubt, this is this is one of my favourite Game of Thrones moments, if not, if not my most favourite moment. It's so well written well performed and before we get into the specifics give us a bit of background how did you was it an audition process was it were there millions of young young hodors in a, in a queue what how did it come about yeah so it was an interesting one actually um and i've told this story before somewhere on some podcast or other so nah, fucking, apologies yeah. if you've <laughs> heard <laughs> it before this is this is a place to hear the, the real story exactly, um exactly. uh no so I, was, so I was 18 at the time uh, and the casting was for for a 12 year old it's a large 12-year-old to play a stable boy. That was the casting bracket. Uh, and so when I turned up, there was a load of 12-year-olds there with their mums or chaperones. And there was me, an 18-year-old, thinking, what, what, is, what has my agent done? I need to get a new agent. This is ridiculous. They're embar- this is embarrassing. This is Game of Thrones. And, uh, you know, uh, clearly this is not right for me. But anyway, because it was Game of Thrones, I thought, well, I better... A better audition, you know. It's Nina Gold. You don't turn down an audition for Nina no, Gold. So Nina's great as well, isn't she? She's. I, yeah, I she's mean, I, inter- I interviewed her for for Thronecast, and like, and she was so charming and so like. I can imagine there was a casting director. She's legendary in, in as a casting director. Mm. How? What was she like to audition for? Was she was she quite terrifying? Yeah, so it, it turned out she auditioned for one of her assistants. I think. Oh, okay. But I thought I thought that was Nina Gold at the time. Um, <laughs> turned out it wasn't. Uh, uh, but Nina was very lovely about me in, a, in an article, I think, to Vanity Fair. She said when I walked in, it was the luckiest day of her life or something like that. 
Oh, uh, mate. So I was like, you should cast you know. Kit Arrington. You should take that. That's fucking amazing. Oh, no, it's the quotes on my website. Of course I take it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, so um, I, I just went into that audition not thinking I'd get the role, not thinking anything of it. And I, perhaps I was more relaxed as a result. I don't know. I sort of just walked and- in and had fun. And was that you said you you said you'd been told you were auditioning for a, a large stable boy? Now, at which yeah. point? At which point was it explained to you exactly the significance of that stable boy? Um, far later than I think it was meant to be. Um, <laughs> so, so I so I got the role of of large stable boy, um, and uh, I went. I, I was flown over to Belfast for a screen test um, to sort of test me with all the other actors that were going to be in in my scene as large stable boy. Um, uh, went to the costume designer, went to the hairdresser, all of all of that to sort of get into costume for this large stable boy. Uh, and when I was getting the costume fitter, one of the costume fitters said, um, "I think the older Hodel wears something a bit like this, so maybe we'll <sighs> we'll we'll put that on." And I was like, "This, she's got the wrong person. I'm I'm large stable boy." <laughs> um, oh, so nice. uh, yeah, so 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 that triggered something in my brain, but I didn't think of anything of it. Um, and it was only when I went to meet um, Jeremy Pedeswa, um, who was one of the directors for, for episode two, I think, of the, of the season that I was in. Um, and he said, have you seen the script, Sam? And I said, no, I've not been given any script. And do, do you know who you're playing? And I said, I, th- I think I think so. I don't don't know. And that was when he then told me. Um, <laughs> and I then That's rang my mum cool. and was like, ah. <laughs> so <laughs> I think I was meant to find out before then. But uh I didn't get the memo, so. I love that. What about, um, can you, how long were you filming for? Because I know you were in a couple of the flashbacks that Bran sort of goes through, but like, were they done in quite a compact bit of time and then cut into the episodes? Or were you, yeah, could you tell us a bit more about uh, the filming? Yeah, so I was only there for, I was over in Belfast for nine days, I think, in total. Right. um, for, For filming, the majority of which was actually filming episode two where I'm just in the background holding yeah. a horse. And that horse stepped on my toe so many times. <laughs> it, um, there's also a bit, I meant to, ca- I had to carry a heavy saddle from one end of Winterfell to the other um, for one of the panning shots. And I don't even think you see me carrying it, but oh, my no. back was killing after doing that for hours. <laughs> so um, you think rolling on the floor was intensive, but that was the real, real uh, sort of donkey work. But yeah. no, so most, most, of the, most of the days were filming that. And then we just did one day rolling around on the floor. Wow. Was that the last day or was that, yeah, were they um, saving the intense day for last? I th- I, it, no, that that was going to be the last day, um, but they wanted to get another shot from the previous scene. So we had to stay for the weekend and then we filmed the, I think right. we filmed that on the Monday. And was the, um, the big definitive moment when, you know, the past and future Hodor sort of kind of mingle together and you fall over, was that really hard to do? Did you have to learn how to collapse in a sort of safe way uh we did i did i did have a very brief here's how to fall over um from the stunt guy and then he was sort of like yep yeah, you're fine you're fine fall uh, i mean i fall over all the time anyway in life so <laughs> sort of i'm used to you know did you have to look into it? presumably it's kind of you're drawing on the fact it's almost like it's like an epileptic fit is you know it's, it's that kind of seizure kind of thing it's, it's, it, yeah so i mean both both my dad and my my stepsister have epilepsy okay. um, and my mum used to work with uh, learning dis- learning disabilities and kids with learning disabilities and things so I've seen epileptic fits in person myself um, so I, I think that was quite quite helpful um, and then I did I did do a little bit of research 
Um, but um, Jack Bender, who filmed that that episode, was was really sort of easy with it. He was sort of like, "Hey Sam, do you know what you're doing?" And I sort of said, "I've got an idea." And he said, Let, "Let's just go with it. Okay. Let's just do it. Let's just see how it how it rolls." And he didn't right. give me any notes after that. So. Were there any um, Were there any ways that you were going to do it? differently like obviously the way that it looks is very similar to a seizure but were there any thoughts at some point where it might have looked different when bran is sort of in your head or um i i i sort of just sort of had this idea that i was just going to sort of contract my muscles and sort of shake around a bit um mm-hmm. and i was hoping I'd, I'd, i i presumed someone was going to tell me that's rubbish sam do this instead yeah um but but apparently that was that was that was the thing that they wanted i wish in in retrospect i decided to like be really quiet and not shout, hold the door. Because by the end of, of all of the like different angles and things, I, I'd completely lost my voice. And I was like, why did you, why did you choose to shout on the first take? So. Chris, <laughs> Chris, level with me. When you watched this episode for the first time, at which point did it, did it click what was happening? Because it wasn't until Sam had collapsed on the floor that I was just like, oh, holy shit, really? You know, it was like, it was quite late on for me. Chris, sorry, my audio just cut out there. Sorry, did someone? Oh, did ask me oh sorry, mate. I'll, I'll, t- I'll do that again. I'm just making note of the time. Fifty-one. Sorry. Chris, at what point did it click for you what was happening in that scene? Because for me, oh. it was like really late. Yeah, that's a good question. Just to just to answer that. So when I I remember where I was when I watched this, uh, I was actually in New York for work, and I was like, oh, I'm going to get to watch Game of Thrones while it's on live rather than watching it the next day and trying to avoid spoilers and stuff so i was in my hotel and i i think it it was quite late for me to realize because i didn't quite realize i think i think the implications are so big yeah that i couldn't really i couldn't comprehend what was happening because i thought if 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 this is a, a big 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 reveal in the show um I think when he, I think when, I think when he collapses, when Willis, as he was known before his name change, when he collapses, that's when I realised that the, there was a sort of full circle thing going yeah, on. Yeah, and um, it, the implication that that Bran is not only respond was, was responsible for that, that it was responsible for the Three Eyed Raven's death. That was it was just mm-hmm. like, and that that actually this isn't just it's not just memories of him kind of like popping into memories. He's actually going back in time and affecting things and affecting things. It was just like, fuck that was, and none of that, none of that's in the book, is it? Not not that we know of. No, no. So we don't know. I, this is my question. There's no real answer. This is, this is such a well thought out thing. Like so intrinsic, so beautifully kind of like crafted, like moment. And Hodor, the name Hodor, is in the book. You know, Hodor mm, as a character mm. is in the book. This has to have come from George. I think it is. Do you is. know Sam? Sam, do you know? I, I think it did come from George. Uh, I remember after after we filmed it, there was like that year and a bit before anyone else knew about it, mm. where I was just like compulsively Googling, looking through Reddit threads to see if anyone <laughs> had picked up any spoilers. Uh, and I, I think I think some, there, was a, there was a Reddit thread where someone had, had um, gone into a lift with George uh, and they'd said something like hold the door or something. Uh, and then someone would go, Oh, is that what? And George went, ah, I, I, I may, I, they may have just been absolutely making that up. Oh, wow. But, no but way I, would they but have I, got, no I think way. I read that before, right. before the yeah. news came out. So oh, it must wow. be. It's a really interesting scene though, because I think if you saw the filming of either bit, you would not 
know the context. So it would no. be very hard for a set leak to implicate what happens. Yeah, and I yeah. remember the title, The Door, I kept thinking, this is such an odd title for an episode of Game of Thrones. Yeah, They're yeah, normally yeah. quite rich and evocative. And this, I thought, this is so... Uh, but it's 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 just right there, isn't it? The yeah, time, it's right the there. All the, and also, you know, I love a good payoff. And this is one that's been there from episode mm. one, season one. Yeah, so it, yeah. can own, it can only have come from come from george's mind yeah Sam- this, this must have been part of the chat that daniel and david had with george what happens yeah, to, well, yeah. who's john well what who's hode why hodor it's like ah right I think well let me I- let me tell you about hodor right there's a door right and uh and uh <laughs> so i think the from what i know i think the door um stan is burning his daughter and the john parentage were all when they they met with with george when they said look we're running out of book these were three things that he told them that were like, you need to, this is what happens. Um, that's why. That's very cool. That's very Sam, cool. Have you, Sam, have you met George? Have you had any conversations with him about your work? No, I've never, never met George. Um, I'd love to. Yeah. Um, Busy writing a fucking say... book, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, what, between, what like between his you... anime series that must only just like take five minutes. You know. Sam, what was it like for you when you actually watched it? Did you watch it? live with your family did you sort of have a viewing party or anything like that or what was what was it like seeing it yeah well i mean the, the first thing to point out is obviously i i didn't know the other half i didn't know what christian and that lot were filming oh man in the in right. the present because that was all blacked out in my script they didn't trust yeah any of us with yeah, all of that really evil they, I, the only bit that wasn't blacked out was just where mira says hold the door and that leads into my bit um so you must have so had a good idea did you know that did you know that Christi- that Christian's Hodor was dying. I, I didn't. Um, I, I'd, I sort of, ga- I, I'd guessed that from yeah, yeah, just yeah. the context of the script and that, and from from the fact it seems such a pivotal scene. But I didn't know if he'd come back as a White Walker. If what, what would happen? So actually watching it, um, and I did. I watched it with some family and friends. Ironically, not as many as I'd hoped because we. Had, my mum was so excited that I was in episode two that she had a big viewing party for episode two where I'm in like... <laughs> and not the, the money shot. Oh, and then uh, because I wasn't in much of that and my mum had hyped it so much, I think a, a few people went, oh no, we can't make the next one. <laughs> Thinking I was just a background oh, character. Mate. So there was less people um, for the big thing. But, but I was the, one, glad the that. ones that mattered. They're the friends that matter now, Sam. That, yeah. Um, um, and how did you feel watching it? Because I was genuinely moved to tears by it. I absolutely, amazing. absolutely crushed me. I can remember doing Thronecast... The day after, I messaged Christian after it got out, and Christian had been hiding because he knew what was coming. And I was just like, "It was such a good payoff for such a brilliant character, you know? It was it was so good." And weirdly, and we talked about earlier on in the episode before you joined us about how Marvel lifted lift a whole bunch of lifted a whole bunch of stuff from this episode with regards to the theatre group and and what I Thor Groot. You know, admittedly, it was already a, a pre-existing character in yeah. in the in the comics, but the emotional anchor that Groot has in the Avengers films and the Guardians of the Galaxy films is a fucking direct lift off Hodor, like completely. Like, who who knew that Sam that you would be influencing Vin Diesel in this day and age, mate? You know, it's <laughs> I can't complain about that, can I? <laughs> and every other monosyllabic character for the rest of time, but it's. It, it, did you did you feel emotional watching it? Because I mean, you knew what was coming. But so when you first saw the other side of it, you just been like, Jesus Christ! Yeah, I mean, I think I was I was as close to crying 
as I could be considering that every few seconds there was a cringy bit of me rolling around on the floor. Um, <laughs> and obviously, you know, it's, it's hard to watch yourself. But like, I, I hadn't heard the score and like that vi- those violins oh, playing. Oh, I think it's the yeah. Winterfell theme. Mm. Christian, you know, the, the White Walkers crashing through the door. Mm. I, I was as close to tears as I could be, bearing in mind... I was both sort of shitting myself because there's family and friends there and I'm like, oh, I hope they like it, I hope they like it. And also there's me making a fall out of myself on screen. Ah, <laughs> oh, wonderful. <laughs> but it was such a cool What's, Could you tell bit. me a bit more about, um, you said that the script, a lot of it is blacked out. So when you get a script for like episode five, do you just get your scenes with key dialogue taken out? Or what, what do they look like? Yeah, so I think, I think because by season six, they'd had quite a lot of spoilery issues. Yeah. Um, we weren't allowed to take any scripts home with us. We weren't allowed anything like that. You, you arrived on the day. You got your dailies. You got your um, your sides, which yeah. was literally just the scene you were filming that day, and any bits yeah. that you weren't in were blacked out. Um, and they'd given given us like a limited context of what was happening, so that we knew how to act the scene. But right, right. This is really they didn't trust us because, at that point. Yeah. Well, because you know I'm there for a week. I'm not therefore that invested in the show technically, and I could have yeah. then gone, yeah. dear, you know. I think it was that it was, it was that Richard E. Grant that was fucking selling it to the tabloids, mate. <laughs> <not you. laughs> but I think um, by the end, I know I did a piece on this at the time for the Guardian that the scripts were on iPads and they wiped mm. every day. It was just like once you read it, it went because it was just so like important that none of it leaked. So it's interesting just how quickly it, it accelerates, isn't it? Just how yeah. You know. I remember when I when I turned up on set, um, the Irish uh, taxi driver was telling me that they'd, they'd just sort of put drones up around yeah. the... That was the first, I think, the first season they'd put the drones up to try and stop people climbing over the fence and things. I'll always love the fact that they went. To, they must have spent millions on security and privacy and stuff, and yet when, when they burnt King's Landing, uh, they could do nothing but because there were literally people in the car park opposite just eating their packed lunches, just sat there <laughs> watching it. Because they, because like, how do you hide that? They were just like, yeah, it's so so good. Listen, Sam, what are you up to now? We know that looking, judging by your Twitter bio, you're 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 kind of branching out. You're you're getting into the world of politics. Is that is that right? What's going on? Yeah, well, I've I've I was elected as a as a local councillor in 2019. Look at that. Um, just because I mean I don't want to get. I've got no idea what that means. Uh, well. it's 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 like being an MP, but with less power and less less money, um, yeah. corruption and less um, corruption. Sorry, yeah, yeah, and a lot of emails about <laughs> bins. Um, but it's it's election it's election year again. So I'm between this, I've been folding leaflets all morning, and I'll be folding leaflets after I come off of this, and then. Mate, whereabouts in the world is that? Whereabouts are you a councillor then? So that's that's over in, down here in Sydney, uh, in Bexhill, uh, East Sussex. Nice in the UK. Um, just trying to. Stop! Stop the Tories from destroying the the, the world. I mean, we yeah. we have to stay. But no, we don't. Fuck the Tories, uh, Sam. <laughs> we are fully uh, fully on your side. You know what? How can they even compete when they've got fucking Hodor against them? That's what I say, mate. Hold the door from the fucking Tories, please, Sam. Yeah, I want that on a t-shirt. That's great. <laughs> uh, Thanks so much for coming on, buddy. Uh, how can people kind of like find out more about you and, and kind of say hi if they, if, they, if they feel like it? Yeah, just follow me on all the social medias. I'm at Sam Coleman Actor everywhere, um, just in case. Because I've, I've got such good job security, I have to like tell everyone I'm an actor. I am an actor. I'm a real actor, mum. I have got a real job. Uh, so. uh, well, good for you, buddy. And 
mate, thank you for your stories. It's I love speaking That's to right. people, especially people that have like just had a brush with Thrones because it means as much to you as it does to us. You, you've you've not been you've not been leathered and aid wisened down like like some of the some of the people that we've spoken to. Are kind of like oh bloody Thrones. Uh, do you get any you know, comic? I was, con- I was, I was a fan. Do, yeah, exactly. Do you get any comic con action? Have you have you done any of the cons? I, I, I did up until up until the pandemic. Um, I was paying my rent off of that sort of week in Belfast. <laughs> Um, but since since the pandemic and since House of Dragons, I think I'm a bit old news now. So uh, nah, nah, so mate. Nah, my inbox is open if any cons want me. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Listen, Sam, really good speaking to you, buddy, and Thank you. wish you all the best for the future, my friend. Good luck at the election. Right. Cheers. Oh, can we just get? Yeah. Come on, you can't. Hang on a second, hang on a sec. You can't leave without giving us a hold the door, mate. I mean, come on. Oh yeah, of course. Hang on. Go on. <laughs> no, oh, now there's so much pressure. Um, yeah. Hold the door! Yay! There we go. There we go. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> Sam, thank you, thank buddy. You. What a lovely little fella. Oh, he I was feel great. like that's amazing. Having him like just dial in. I feel like I'm on like a radio show or something. I know. Or this is like I'm on the big like, breakfast. I know. Oh, that was so nice. What a nice lad. And it, it, I do, I do like, and not no disrespect to any of the people from Metal Game of Thrones, but you speak to the people that were in for like 30 episodes or 20, and they're kind of like, oh, it's a thing. And they're jobbing actors. Sam's clearly like had this amazing experience on there. And it's one that he will remember for the rest of his life. And it's so mm. nice that it was like, it's such a pivotal emotional scene. Cause I I think it's one of my favourite scenes in the in the show. I think it's one of the most impactful. I think it's oh. one of the most tragic. I yeah. think it's also like the thing that I love is that it, they don't really explain it. They don't really tell it. It's just kind of this incredible accelerated human tragedy. And it's like, even when I was watching it, I was like, okay, so what happened? Yeah. Is it that Bran was in the past? Yeah. Is but it he the- was walking into Hodor and he sort of got into both. Yeah, I think that's what that's what happened. Was it was like an accidental. So Max, uh, Max von stood out. Uh, the Three Eyed Raven said, "Listen to your friend." And Mira, yes. Mira was shouting, "Hold the door!" So he had hold the door in his head. He was like, "Fuck, what's going on?" He then tried to walk back into Hodor at the other end because that made Hodor walk up and grab the the thing. But then there was like mm. a split. But it and it was just a. It didn't really, on the face of it, didn't serve the story at all. Didn't need to be there. Game of Thrones plotline no. would have continued without it, which is why I love it so much because it yeah. was purely there as a service to wrap up a fantastic character and a, a fan favorite character. Hodor was such a beautiful kind of like person, really kind and like, but and just really ramped up the. I guess if anything, it did lead into like Bran's really got to just do this now because everybody's mm. so invested you know poor Mira now dragging him through the fucking blizzard you know Jojen's died for him Mira's died loads of everyone's dying for Bran's cause and now as it turns out not only that Hodor lived his entire adult life locked inside his brain to make mm. sure that Bran lived so that that that, that was quite yeah, important it gives Hodor an amazing purpose and yeah, a sort of exactly. tragic arc rather than him being this kind of like fool or kind of like you know the way that medieval kind of films often treat people with mental illnesses or or disabilities you know it it was like actually he's only like that so 
he was just living for that 20 seconds so he could die. It was just a It's a sort shit. of, yeah, the, is it the elements of it that this storyline brings up are things that aren't in Thrones really, which is like, what if your only purpose is to do something 30 years in the future? Like they don't yeah. really get into that because the time stuff is really not something they deal with like on the, they sort of are very abstract with it, aren't they? But it's really powerful. And the, it even takes away from my main criticism, which is, they spend all the time getting to that fucking cave and there's a back door. <laughs> like, I... Not only that, but there's roof lights. Yeah, It's huge, that cave. It's like a corridor, you yeah. know. Again, listen, this is... And they were in no rush to get going either. They were still kind of like tying up the shoelaces. A good 20 minutes after, after like they said, you've got to leave now. They were still kind of like, oh, okay, fine, I'll just so, make some sandwiches. Yeah. So the... Yeah, let's let's have a think about this just really quickly, which is that like the job was for Bran to learn about John John's yep. parentage. Yep. That's why he's there. Is and he, he started to, learn to about- he was introduced yeah. so that this for those that can't remember or haven't watched the episode, so he started off where where the Willis and, and also did the, was he always called Willis? What you talking about, yeah. Willis? I mean the different strokes thing, like fans of <sighs> fans of an eighties like sitcom called different strokes willis? the, ca- the catchphrase it- in that is what you're talking about willis yeah and that the whole of hodor's thing was like what the fuck is willis talking about yeah just just saying i'm sure absolutely not but you never know um but the what we saw was ned being being sent off by his father um to to the eerie to the eerie right. yeah. yeah 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 but also like you know don't have a fight but if you have a fight win you know, mm-hmm. a bit of bit of stark kind of like uh, moral fiber being injected into him then, and that leads Bran onto that voyage of discovery that ends up with the, at the Tower of Joy. Um, yeah, yeah, where he almost breaks through, doesn't he? So there's the moment where, which I don't know, and I'll talk yeah. about it now because we don't know if we'll end up watching that episode. Um, where he sees Ned walking mm-hmm. up the stairs to the Tower of Joy, and he shouts out to him. So Bran shouts mm. out to his dad and Ned turns around to kind of like, who said that? It was like, oh yeah. yeah. And um, generally the, the idea is that he can influence mm. what happens. And so it's very dangerous for him to do so. It also makes it quite annoying. It's like, well, why the fuck don't you then, please? <laughs> why don't you go, go back, back in time? Just to when your dad is about to be beheaded, maybe, and just kind of like yeah. kick Joffrey at the ass. And I think that's the problem though, right? Is that like he... All of these, this neural network of trees, which yeah. is the sort of best way to do it if you don't know how. He doesn't really know how to do it. So it's just as likely that he'll go in, back in time and stop Ned being I think, born. Well, that was a good than, point. Was that the Three-Eyed Raven died before he showed him how he could do that. Was but that then actually, I think in a future episode, Bran, doesn't he just touch another tree and go, oh, I've learned everything. I'm pretty right. sure they're, they get to this point where they're like, God, we can't have him not know what he's doing because we need him in three episodes' time. To I mean, it's crazy that. that we kind of like, that we now, we're looking at Bran the, the fucking storyteller. No, what is he? Bran mm. the what? Builder? Bran the no, Bran, Bran the, the broken. broken. Yeah. And, it, you know, poor Isaac, Keep. he just spend the most of his time just being shouted at by viewers, just going, fucking wake up, you twat. Yeah. Get your contact lenses out and wake up. A thing I liked about this was, um, you know, and it's been in several episodes now, his wolf, Summer, uh, is killed. And I think that's always a very significant thing for the characters. That's 
for Bran, he is no longer a Stark. His yeah, identity's exactly. been shed. And yeah. I think also Summer, like, name to sort of hope that they get Summer soon. Well, Rather than coming. Winter and, yeah. and Summer's gone, Winter's here. Uh, yeah. That's really important. Obviously, Rickon and Shaggy Dog have been... Oh, no. Uh, no, Rickon's still alive. Shaggy Dog's Rickon's gone. still alive. Shaggy Dog's gone. Yeah. Uh, Osha is gone because she tries to seduce Ramsay and he sort of kills her, I think. Yeah, that's right. Um, what how, how, What are the... So, Sansa's got, direwolf died in the second episode. Yeah. Arya's... Uh, was just, Arya's still loose and feral, just like her, oh, running we, around. And we see her, don't we? And there's that yeah. mo- really nice moment, actually. I think it's in the season final seven. season. Was it season seven where they kind of see each other and she lets her, she's like, no, darling, off you pop. Go be free. You do you. You do you. Because I think because Arya's like, I I have to go and do my duty. Yeah, I'm not. But a you star. don't have to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, uh, Rob's got killed at the red wedding. Yeah. Um, Sansa's one is interesting because it's like she's the one that tries to align with the Lannisters, and that's that the wolf dies. It's very like you know, you yeah. as a Stark will lose yourself in this like yeah. noxious kind of power game. So I think that's all very. I love all that. I think it's really fantastic yeah. sort of use of them. But also, you just can't have those big dogs plodding around if they've got nothing to do. Can they? I know precisely. A lot of CGI. Um, look, great fucking episode. bastards next week it's the battle of the bastards literally do you know i am actually looking forward to it but i think we can give it a critical look you know we can be honest i think we think also that the big thing for me someone was actually talking to us about this on twitter just saying it is actually really good to have faith and i agree i think for me ramsey not not a good character i'm also going to be a bit mean and say the sansa season six for me not a fan because i think they're trying so hard to overcompensate for last season yeah. that it just feels a bit hollow. So I think when you've got the characters that are in the centre of this, I'm just not into. Having okay. said that, I think it it is probably as a sort of piece of director hmm. director led work, choreographed. You know, I think yeah. it's really impressive. It's so a great I'm very episode. excited. Yeah. Yeah, and there'll be it. other stuff in the episode. There right? will be. We always a- forget. We always forget what's in there. Um, and it's, it is a Sapochnik masterclass. R.I.P. Exactly. Miguel Sapochnik. Um, he's not dead. He's just <laughs> dead to House of the Dragon, I think. But there we go. That's a story for another day. We've had a few uh, emails. Okay. You can relax. You know what I'm like? You, can you, know I get, you know what I get like, Jamie? I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Uh, Steve Steve Burge hey Steve thanks very much for emailing in uh, dragoncast at daftdoris.com thoroughly enjoyed uh, Thronecast and enjoyed House of Dragons and Thrones rewatch I was one of a handful of people who'd read George R.R. Martin's books before the TV show and really enjoyed the show over all the years including the final series and wasn't disappointed by the ending thank you Steve another there we go I'd still like to get the opportunity to read George's books if he ever gets around to finishing them to see what he would have done with the story Steve Oh, God, I don't know what to say to you, fella. He made it through the pandemic, but I'm not sure he's got two more, two more books in them. I'm just being blunt, especially when he's fucking around with like anime animations and things mm-hmm. like that. Just, mate, I, if, if you're his publisher, you'd just be fucking livid. Do you know there was a rumour, and it is a rumour, okay? That he like, finished it and they sent it back. 20, yeah, 2014, he handed it in and it was shite. <laughs> <gasps> Oh my god! 
it's a very that's a rumor i mean like unsubstantiated we are sure that that is not what happened almost certainly never fucking I, it's like imagine but, if it in, did imagine being the it, person that told him in 2014 as well the height of thrones yeah but like wouldn't that be like just really fucking funny if <laughs> it was just it was oh, just dear. awful it was yeah. just like no you can't print this yeah. it's just like pages upon pages about feasts and <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, after listening to the first few your, few of your rewatch episodes, I took the decision to rewatch every single episode of all what? eight series. Steve, you are a, you're a Dragon Cast alumni. Uh, it was an absolute blast, and I picked up so many threads and little hints of what was to come that I'd missed the first time round. Rewatching the episodes so closely together felt epic, and I was so to get and I was so keen to get to the end when I got to series eight. I watched the first four episodes back to back in one mega Game of Thrones evening blitz without listening to your podcast i probably wouldn't have thought of re-watching the whole thing so just wanted to say oh huge God. thanks for reminding me how exciting and thrilling the show was and how fabulous it was to watch all 73 episodes again keep up the great work and looking forward steve. to the last series. steve we love you mate Do you steve, what does your employer don't. think of this this is <laughs> <laughs> oh he's got an hbo email address no he's not <laughs> um oh. And uh, Russell emailed this morning, actually. Guys, love listening to your House of Dragon and rewatch pods for Game of Thrones. But, but where are the Last of Us pods? Only one so far. Thought you would have had an episode by episode pod. Ditch the OA stuff and do some Last of Us pods, please. Thanks, Ditch Russ. the OA? Russ, um, appreciate that. Listen, and we just, in hindsight, maybe we should have done. Um, perhaps, maybe. Uh, we we did, were talking we did, about we it. Did three. We, just, we did three. Yeah. We did yeah. like a... Or did, or did we two? No, we did three. We did like one previous one where we had um, Craig Mazin on. Yeah. Then yeah. we had Jeremy, who was the, who directed an episode, and then we had one last week with uh, G- Gabriel. Also, we checked in on it quite a lot. Yeah. We had we talked about episode three on on um, yeah. Dragoncast, and so we have been sort of maybe, checking maybe in. Maybe we think... should have done. Perhaps we shouldn't, but we, look, just... we we committed to the OA, and you know people yeah. are enjoying the OA, and you know, I don't. And I would know. say that I would say that the Last of Us is served very well by the official podcast. I'm not sure that there was much that we could have brought to the table, I have to say. Yeah, I also felt having watched it a bit less enthusiastically, I don't know if I'd have had lots to talk about week to week. Okay, fair enough. Having said that, I'm I'm interested in doing a season two one. Yeah. And I don't think they'll fuck around with that because they are... No, they won't. Succession's ending, Barry's ending, House of the Dragon is not coming back for two years. They need they to. They need something. They need Although, something. I would argue that Last of Us is probably as as difficult to make and as expensive and as complicated to make as House of the Dragon. But smaller cast. True, smaller cast. But I don't think they've even written it yet. You know, that's the and thing. yeah, they they sort of They're said, now, it said it's officially going to be split into two seasons. The yeah, next yeah, yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so anyway, 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 that's that's Thrones done. Um, we've got a busy week. I'm not entirely sure where we're going to fit our way in this week, but like we'll, we'll, we'll talk because we're up to part two of the OA episodes five and six. Mm-hmm. Very odd episodes. Uh, quite Jesus tricky crap. to quite tricky to to get your teeth into and some might argue get enthusiastic about but um i think we might be re- if, if ever we wondered why netflix cancelled it these two episodes would probably go a long way to explaining it but um 
But listen, we also have um, Succession starting on Sunday mm-hmm. night in the US, Monday in in the UK, and we are going to be covering that episode by episode. We are going to give that the full Jamie and Chris treatment, beginning with we're going to do a preview episode. Uh, we're both going to the premiere of it on Thursday, which is at the British Museum uh, oh, yeah. in London, which sounds amazing. So we're actually going to record a, an on-location episode uh, yeah. from from there on Thursday. An emergency, uh, an emergency convergence. Called an emergency board meeting. An yeah. emergency board meeting, yeah, yeah. For, the, for the shareholders yeah, of exactly. Dragoncast Incorporated. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so bear with us, OA fans. We will... We will be doing it. It's just going to get a bit crazy because Thrones, we've only got one, two, three, four, five. We've only got eight episodes of Thrones left, which is crazy to think about. We've only got two months of Thrones. So Thrones will finish before Succession finishes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, OA will be done by then. So we need to we need to take stock and work out what we're going to do, how we're going to, what yeah. we're going to do, basically. I have a bold suggestion oh shit okay final season of thrones yeah i think we do three episodes yeah and first one is episode one and two second one is three and four final one five and six oh okay okay i like that i've got an even bolder episode uh suggestion as well that we do the the last ever game of thrones rewatch we do it live on youtube love that at your house <laughs> yeah yeah we yeah, should do it do IRL it. We should. yeah let's do it in real life I did think about doing like a live kind of Richard Herring kind of thing with tickets but you know who knows that might crush our egos a bit but let's we could do that in the uh, East Cabin and we could maybe watch like do like the watch the last episode whilst we're recording and also then record oh yeah record str- okay. yes yes we should and then we'll do a recording and people That's can watch amazing. on youtube and uh comment and i think can you even like maybe we could have like a phone set up with insta where people can like request to kind of come on the insta thing i don't know how it works i'm very old but we'll, 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 we'll think of something. Out, we'll, it feels we'll like it feels like we should be we should commemorate it in, in in some way shape or form but we do need to work out what we're doing next otherwise you know succession is only nine weeks long we'll end up with now to talk about but uh but look that's why we're here tons of great tv wow what a bumper episode you've had an hour and 20 odd minutes special guest we don't have them very no, often we do not thank you so much to sam for coming on and uh chris mandel heart. uh Dracaris, buddy. Speak to you next time for Battle of the Bastards. I'll see you next time. Don't forget to hold the door. Hold the door. If you'd like to get involved in the podcast, just head over to Twitter at DragonCast underscore pod or email DragonCast at DaftDoris.com and leave us your Easter eggs, predictions and thoughts on the show. You can also watch this episode over on our YouTube channel. Just search for DragonCast Jamie East. Any support, whether it's a follow, a share, a mention to your friend on the bus or a tattoo on your backside is very much appreciated. DragonCast is hosted by me, Jamie East, along with Chris Mandel and is a Daft Doris production. Drakkars. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.